Race matters. 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 Welcome back to Race Matters for another deadly show. As always, before we begin, it is always important to acknowledge the lands that we are gathering on today, and they are the lands of the Gadigal people. The Gadigal people have been a part of this beautiful land and landscape for the last 80,000 years, and they are still here today and will surely be here after us as well. And it is always a massive privilege to be able to share this space and have a show like Race Matters on the lands of the Gadigal people. So I would like to acknowledge their elders both past, present and emerging elders listening in with us today. So hello and welcome back to another deadly show of Race Matters. I'm Sada Khan and if you're joining us for the first time, Race Matters is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. So coming up on the show, we have Candy Bowers. So Candy is the co-founder of the Black Honey Company, which champions radical feminist dreaming and unearths black girl magic. Love it. And it's pushing the stories of voices of women of colour into the centre stage. So we're so excited to have her on the show with us very, very soon. Candy has a show on this weekend as well at the Sydney Opera House called One the Bear. It's a brave new work of hip-hop theatre, which we're going to hear more about later in the show. So let's just get straight into it now. This is Electric Fields with Vision. Oh 
that was Electric Fields with Vision. I'm obsessed with that song at the moment. Welcome back to Race Matters. And we are joined in the studio today with Candy Bowers. Candy is the co-founder of Black Honey Company, which champions radical feminist dreaming and unearths black girl magic. Magic? (laughs) Black girl magic and pushing stories and voices of women of colour centre stage. Thank you so much for joining us, Candy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, So let's get started. I want to know all about Black Honey Company and what led you to co-found this amazing company. Well, look, it wasn't really like um, something I thought up. Me and my sister had been making work for some time and we just decided to give it a name. We were on tour with our show MC Platypus and Queen Koala's Hip Hop Jamboree across like Queensland. It was a show for primary age kids and we saw this sign for um, Black Honey and I was like, oh my God, we should call our company Black Honey Company because it's sticky, fearless work. It's mm. black work, but it's sticky and it's sticky in the way that, you know, we we work through allegory and we talk about race and and um, you know, a lot of our work uh, has has it, it, we we move around the ideas of colonization and apartheid. We come from South Africa. We are occupying, you know, coming to occupy an occupied land like Australia, where sovereignty hasn't been ceded. It's in my foreground. It's in my background. It's all around me. As a black queer woman, gender fluid human, I'm like constantly thinking about those intersections and those spaces. Uh, And, you know, what's really fun, like Lizzo said, like, it's time to define yourself for yourself. And in this day and age, those of us that have been able to do that and have stayed strong to that, it's a a real, really big wins going on. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, we were talking about this before, how hard it is to really like stay true to yourself and your own narrative. And you mentioned before as well, intersections about, um, with, you know, every kind of form that we work in Mm. as women of colour and um, also being queer women as well. Like it's a whole other type of intersection on on top of it. So how does, because you're working a lot in feminist theatre, so Mm. how does the feminist theatre you create Mm. challenge like a... The whitewash yeah. dominant feminism of like yeah. Handmaid's Tale and Taylor yeah. Swift. <laughs> well, in the first place, when was the last time you saw two black women centre stage? Friends, best friends. My fairy tale won the bear. Uh, we call it a you know a fairy tale for the hip hop generation or for uh, hip hop theatre for radical hearts because what we're doing here is or what I've created in writing it is instead of one day my prince will come, it's one day my best friend will come. And when her best friend comes, she comes with the power of the elders, of the aunties, or in our version, the sister sows, because those uh, women bring one the bear back from death. She loses her identity completely. So it's a bit of a rags to riches, all that glistens is in gold, all those tales that, you know, like those cautionary things that you want to learn in a fairy tale, but it's specific to the black female form. So, of course, I'm going to use hip-hop tropes, Mm. right? My dream is that one day little Kim or Nicki Minaj will hear about this show because there's lessons in there for them as well and the little versions of them that are watching every day thinking they've got to shift and change their bodies to become successful. And a lot of my friends from the music industry that saw it in Melbourne was like, shade. <laughs> They're like, look. And I said, if there's there's nothing more important for me than um, letting young, particularly young black girls know that um, they're who they are uh, needs to be nurtured and needs to be supported in every way. Even if the world around you isn't doing it, how do you find it in yourself to nurture yourself? And And we talk about... 
you know, it's all in bear terms because it's a fairy tale. So we talk about bear appropriation. <laughs> we talk about, you know, hunters getting the tail without the oppression when all of a sudden hunters want to get stick on bear tails and the fads that start coming from that. Uh, we sort of move in and out of all the sticky, multi-layered sort of spaces where we're trying to work out what success means. And I guess the greater meaning of the work is success means that you take care of your friends and you take care of yourself and you take care of what you put in your mouth and what you put into your body. So it's like this next level piece on, on that sort of black girl magic edge. But then like, damn, I had this review done by this young white boy, 14 years old, and he was like, this killed as theatre. This is the best thing I've ever seen, you know. My friend's kid's a 10-year-old young girl, you know, 15-year-old, like, too cool for school, Yeezy-wearing, you know, teenager. And then he he's wrangled his way to bring his stepdad to see it in Sydney. He's wrangled his way. He's got tickets flying from Melbourne to see the show again. Oh, my so God. So for me, I was like, I can't believe teenage boys are digging this as much as little girls. Um, for my friends who never saw themselves reflected, so many of us, it's an emotional show. I forget that. My friends was like, I just cried from the beginning to the end. I was like, what about the funny bits? I cried as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's heaps. Of, it's so funny. Yeah. And that's the other bit of the show that I think people aren't ready for, that you can be radical and funny, that you can be radical and warm, that you can be radical and so political and bloody entertaining. You know, a friend of mine has a joke in her show, Zoe Coombs Ma, you know, in her Dave show, she goes, intersectional feminism, you just can't make that funny. And I was like, Come see my show, bitch. How can you not make intersectional feminism funny? Well, I kill it. myself laughing yeah. with all my other Twitter girls about... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I kill myself laughing about, like, with my Twitter girls yes. as well when we yes. talk about intersectional feminism yes. and everything like that. Well, yes. Cause especially because there's so, so many things in that, like, you produce as well that is, like, showing young, like, black women especially, you know, don't be palatable to the patriarchy. No, because the point is, um, you know, conforming to any of that stuff, it hurts you. It kills a piece of you every time you do it. We say now there, you know, it's radical in this day and age to be a young woman, let alone a young woman of colour or a gender-fluid human, you know, and love yourself mm. and respect yourself enough to go, I don't need to do that for you. Yeah, I'm doing this for me and what I need. And I think um, what one the bear does is it is it just we just get that reflection, that shock of recognition that we don't usually get to see on our stages and screens, you know, and that space of like also this really important conversation uh, that we we also don't get to have really juicy conversations sometimes because we're so busy just dealing with the patriarchy on this one level. So when we can see this and. You know, we do, I mean, we fart and we shit and we vomit in the show, silly string for like minutes at a time. We laugh our asses off. And then we also get to be, uh, we get to take our bodies back, you know, um, and show what it looks like to, be, to give it away. So that's that Audre Lorde quote, if I didn't define myself for myself, I'd be crunched into somebody else's uh, fantasy for me and eaten alive. Mm. So in One the Bear, you see her eaten alive. You see her crunched into other people's fantasies and then you see her friend revive her, you know. And what what does life feel like? What does love actually feel like? So because love ain't... Um, likes, love ain't, you know, 
um, having the perfect booty and the perfect midriff and actually that none of that is love, you know. And I think kind of writing a love love story between two black women is really specific, um, but also universal. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. something that um, I think even, like you said, like a young white boy, 14-year-old white boy <laughs> is connecting to this yes. work. Like black women that are centre stage, like it's not just about, you know, yeah. our narratives, Silo. these narratives, yeah. like th- this benefits everyone. Yeah. So we're going to go to a track right now. You picked... Sampa the Great, mm-hmm. OMG. Can you tell us why you picked it? Uh, Sampa's a beautiful representation of the possibilities of the future. She is Afrofuturistic and ancient love wrapped in one. Um, she's also close to me in that she's Zimbabwean, as is my dad, and um, getting styled by some of the, my bestest friends, like Ntumbi Moyo, shout out. So there is an African explosion going on and of course, women are leading the way. Sorry, Remy, but respect. But also, Sampa, come on now. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, of course, I'm always going to choose her. Yeah, yeah, love it. Thank you so much for that. You're listening to Race Matters on FBI. God, that is finest. Wonder why after my primates never underestimate your highness. Strip them melanin galaxies finest. Put a bit of pressure on the spirit of the highest. Do it, I will. Do it, I will. If they don't believe me, then you betcha I will. If they don't believe me, then you betcha I will. Better be happy, love for the betcha I chill.
welcome back to Race Matters. That was Sampa the Great there. Deadliest song choice there, sister, as well. I'm Sada Khan, and I'm also joined in the studio today with Black Honey Company <laughs> co-founder Candy Bowers. So you created this show, Wonder Bear, in conversation with teenagers in Campbelltown. That's right. Yeah. So what were some of the highlights from this conversation, and how did they inform Wonder Bear? I'm going to be so specific because I know people talk on a level, but I was working with really marginalised kids, like out of the White Lion organisation and some of the kids from Ayrs Eagle Vale that mm-hmm. we grew up with. So first things first, they come in, they don't feel safe. They're hungry, all this stuff happens, right? So, of course, I'm going to feed them, I'm going to make the ones who don't want to eat, eat, all that stuff like an auntie. And then I go, okay, how am I going to break the ice? And I worked it out. Okay, I said to them, when was the last time you shat your pants? And they were like, what? And I'm like, who has pooed their pants here? <laughs> not, you know, not because they wanted to, but something went wrong. And they all... <laughs> piss themselves laughing. Someone then points at one of their friends like, he, he shot himself, we were on drugs, and we were on the, in the... We start telling stories about when we pooed our pants and sometimes, yes, on drugs or on too much booze or whatever it is or ate something crazy. So poo becomes the very thing, right? Now, in the show, the only kind of swear words are, like, we talk about poo and bear shot. So it's in the show because I was like, I know what is going to make kids laugh and be a leveller. And we start rhyming everything you can with poo, shoo, moo, coo, right? <laughs> Bam, straight away they're eating with me. We're talking about poo. We get in there. We only get to the tough stuff, to the hardest heart stuff, deeper in to the workshop day mm. or, you know, if I get three days, I get a week, like, we see how we go. Because you've got to build that trust. That's right. And then I'm working with a lot of gender-fluid kids, trans kids, and they all start saying, I just want to feel human. I just want to feel, like, not even just, like, acceptable but just or lovable. I just want to feel like I exist, right? So I'm, like, going, okay. And one of the other workshop things I do, other than, like, we draw, we do all the different things, sit in the beautiful Japanese gardens at Campbelltown Art Centre and just, like, mellow out, look at art, talk about art. Then I also get them to do some fractured fairy tale stuff. Like, what if you were in a fairy tale? What's a superhero quality you'd have? Or how would you turn it around? Well, I'm doing this. So I started, I just started using Goldilocks and the Three Bears as, like, you know, um, an example. And boom, bears. And I just started thinking about bears. And they, they sort of came to me as my muse as I'm talking to these kids using as as an example. They were like, I want to talk about Superman or I want to talk about Cinderella. Let's change her all up, right? What if Cinderella was trans? What if she was this, you know? And you begin to see that perspective and you start going, ah, oh, these kids are from the margins. They'd never... Oh, and also they don't want to do... They don't want to see themselves like midday movie with shit, you know, taking drugs and shitting their pants. <laughs> they want to see something sci-fi yeah. they're all nerds man they're mm. all comic book nerds and they want the, the work to be visual and I start going I want to just bypass the teachery part of me for a sec think about how I was as a teenager growing up in Campbelltown think about these kids who are now different versions of me here and go I'm going to just make something that speaks to them directly and there's going to be teachings in it it's fairy tale there's cautionary stuff like there's definitely a line where um, this this idea is glow, is this sort of like space where we can talk about drugs because I don't think we can make a work about being black without talking about addiction, food and drugs, right? Well, it's all in part of intergenerational trauma. Correct. So there's a line where I say, are you on glow to Ursula? And she says, no, glow and packet fish fingers block our flow. You know, dejected we sit in the cycle of woe. 
Hmm. You know, we are golden. They just don't want us to know, right? Mm. So there's all this. Sorry, like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's so important to me that we don't, like, close our eyes to those demons and to those important things that keep us in that cycle of woe as well. Mm. So those kids are in a cycle of woe, man. Mm. And I wanted to say, what would make you laugh? What would make you come together? What would make you feel safer? What would make you feel like um, this was your place? And I created the characters to be both them and the and the the best friend they wish they had, or the best version of a friendship, their favorite version of you know that kid shitting his pants in the park, <laughs> and and like having that connection because I'm like I'm not going to discount or judge. Actually, it's about validation and love, right? So it becomes like there's papers written on it, like breakthrough, theatre and education, decolonised theatre space. But actually it's my truth and it's their truth in combination with an, with creative thought, right? And then you got Busty Beats as bagging mastery, linking all the music. And we realised, whoa, if we start getting nominated for this show, like in the musical theatre category, because we, we might, um, we were on at the Opera House and the Arts Centre, We'll be the first two female team, two woman team to write and compose, let alone direct and choreograph, a musical mm. in the world ever. Really? Let alone two black women. Are you on? Are you, I did not realise that. the world ever. You look at all of Broadway? Yeah. If there is a black woman on the team, she's on the team with a white man or a black man. If Supervised. there's a woman on the team, it's a woman and a man. If there's women, there are women and there's men as well. We are the first exclusively black female team, you know, and that's why I go, you know, and if we push ourselves up, like what's on at the moment, West Side Story, thoroughly modern Millie in Melbourne, which is a piece of racist shit. And like, you know, people know about this. They're putting on these works that that just keep redefining us in these slave roles and Mm. these coon and this minstry work. And then I'm putting on my show in between all this, in the cracks in the wall and making like just putting ourselves centre and it's like revolutionary, you know, like black girl magic. And I go, how next do I create a space where this becomes more normal and the other stuff, which is is like for the museum and for the like racist archive, just gets shunted. And what I realised was I can do that quicker going to Hollywood than I can stay in the Australian theatre and screen scene because Australian that scene the scene is so patriarchal so misogynistic and so very white supremacist yeah and I feel sorry some days for my friends of colour who have bitten their tongues to stay in in the in the swim of it so the tongues are basically bitten off they're completely mute because they've just thought working was success but I say no that's not success working in decolonized spaces with black women at the helm, with directors, with writers, with producers, with companies that make space for that, that's that's what the work is. Or else we're just actually filling the shoes and we're just actually not... not and that's what one of the bears about too, assimilation. 
you know, and it's hard and it's tough. And like, a lot of my black, black friends saw it in Melbourne. They said, I still can't talk to you about it because I'm still like trying to work out. Still processing. And that's also fucking what it's about, right? This multiple, this multiplicity of what we live in. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I go to freaking Hollywood to Los Angeles straight after the show to pitch it as an animation, to pitch it into storytelling, to um, talk to my black sisters and black brothers over there and the black excellence. And also a lot of white women who were like actually seeing we better like make a difference here, mm-hmm. you know. And I want to shout out to Arena Media too, because I've got to say Robert Connolly, who's one of my mentors here in Australia, he's a white man, and he said, I don't want to be that pale, male, stale dude. I want to support your voice. Mm. We need those titans to pass the mic. Yeah. If you are one of those titans or you have children or you need to see something that makes you understand where it's at, theatre is a great way yeah. to begin that journey yeah. and to also just go, I... It's, it, you know, it just might be my time to pass that money on or to push that over here or to pick that these, these people up because, you know, um, we don't live without human connectivity and higher consciousness. That's not life. That's not living. You want to ask why you feel sick every day or why you're unhappy or, you know, really looking through, they say having tea with Mara, like having tea with your demons is a part of that stuff, Yeah. yeah? And so for me, the work is doing all of this incredible sort of magic at once. Um, and the biggest one is just making young black girls feel like they're supposed to be here. Yeah. You know? And they have a lot of amazing things to offer because really black women are the backbone of the universe, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, before we wrap up, just Yo. quickly, we ask this question to all of our guests and I'm quite keen to hear your answer. <laughs> yeah. um, and that is... Candy, when did you realise your race made you powerful? Oh, damn. Oh, this is good. Um, when did I realise it? Oh, there's understanding, like little drops of understanding, like in high school and stuff. I, I wrote a lot of public speaking speeches, you know, but that wasn't the full thing. I was still pretty assimilated. I still wanted to get that gold star. I think I realised that all I wanted to do was make that change and understand who I was fully as a black woman. Um, must be around about 30, so about 10 years. And that's when I went, I, I said to my friend, I wrote this poem, you know, on Monday I woke up and I thought, I wish I could live as a straight white man. And then on Tuesday I woke up and I thought, no, I want to live like a free black woman. Mm. Yeah. That's when you realise your race made you powerful. That's right. Too deadly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your voice, your words, your dialogue, everything with us, Candy. It was a real privilege. Thanks. And um, real um, honour to have you here on the show with us. Um, you can see Candy's show, Wonder Bear. I'm so excited to see it as well. This Saturday, 7th of September at Sydney Opera House. Thank you for tuning in to another deadly show of Race Matters. 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 Race Matters.